Welcome to the All of Life podcast, where we are pushing the claims of Christ into every area of life, and we're being guided in that mission by the Proverbs. Right now, what we're doing is going through a proverb a day, and today's proverb is 22-7. Proverbs 22-7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave of the lender. One of those famous passages made famous these days by the one and only Dave Ramsey. But I thought I would tackle this a bit. I love what Dave is saying. I love what he uh, talks about. I'd like to maybe uh, flesh this out a bit. This proverb comes right on the heels of another famous proverb. Train up a child on the way he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. It's almost as if wise King Solomon wants us to teach our children how to be free how to live the good life, how to avoid um, working all their days just to make other people wealthy. The rich rules over the poor, young man, and the borrower is slave to the lender. So let me show you how to live, children. Live debt-free. I'm training my children, that's me personally, I'm training my children to say no to debt. That's in fact one of our, our family mottos, debt is dumb. We have several family mottos. Make it happen is one of them. Also, if you're going to sing, sing strong. I like that one. And uh, readers are leaders. That's another one we have. And another one that I repeat to our children often is debt is dumb. And I really do believe it is. And I'm not saying that because I'm perfect. In fact, I'm in debt. And I hope to learn. And I hope you can learn from my uh, bad examples. I wish my parents would have taught me that debt was dumb, but they didn't. And I wish I could have learned this lesson the easy way, but maybe you can. The general principle here is that debt is slavery. The borrower is slave to the lender. You work on behalf of another estate. Your sweat and profits go to build another's household. And you may get your day wages, but you cannot build wealth and pass it down to your children. You're a slave. One well-known commentator says the point of this is this. You work and work, but all you have in store for you is poverty. And all your children have in store for them is poverty as well. And for me, one whose soul has been purchased by Christ, by the very precious blood of Christ, that's just not going to work. In fact, the clear point of this proverb is that one must regard indebtedness as an absolutely last resort. For it will lead to other people getting wealthy and you getting poor and perhaps even your children. In other words, why build skyscrapers in New York and line the pockets of those fat cats when you could instead slowly, patiently build up wealth and pass it down to your children if the IRS doesn't take it? But that's a different episode. The mistake that so many make is to separate their economics from their eschatology or to separate their salvation from their stewardship. But in reality, when the Bible says that Christ will set you free, it really does mean free, totally free, and totally indebted as a slave to Him, not to MasterCard. In other words, as one great commentator of the Proverbs says, you cannot live the good life envisioned in the Proverbs when you're in debt. Let me give you what I think is the theological backdrop to all this. Christ has set us free. You know that, right? But how? He set us free by paying the sin debt. Sin requires a payment. Sin always requires a payment. It cannot be just swept under a rug. It must be paid back. If you break someone's lamp, you owe them a lamp. 
If your dogs kill the neighbor's chickens, you owe them new chickens, plus compensation for the lost income and eggs. But what if the damage isn't done to a lamp or to a flock of chicken? What if you didn't break a lamp? What you broke was a heart. What if you broke the law of God? And what if that heart and that law belongs to he who is your judge, the one to whom we are all accountable, the God of heaven? The debt to God and for breaking his heart and for breaking his law, the debt is death. And it's clearly taught from the pages of Genesis to the book of Revelation. Adam and Eve could not be reconciled back to the Father and return to his presence in paradise unless they were to pass through the fiery swords of angels. In other words, to break back in required death. But Jesus came and he paid the debt. He poured out his own blood. He took the sword and then having been raised from the dead in the garden in paradise on the other side of the sea in the promised land of a new creation, he did this for you and me. And that means we are, in every sense of the word, free. Free from sin debt because Jesus paid the price by his blood. This also means that he purchased us by his blood. We are therefore now his slaves, his bondservants. We are fully and totally indebted to him. So here's my thesis. For Christians who are free and have been purchased by the blood of Christ, to go into debt to men runs contrary to the heart of our salvation. I'm not saying it's a sin. Don't misunderstand me, and please don't be offended. I'm in debt myself to the dentist, trying to pay off some braces right now. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm just saying it is out of step with the heart of our salvation. Consider this story from the Old Testament. Jacob indebted himself to Laban for seven years in order to obtain Rachel. He became a bondservant to Laban, and he worked for seven years to, to try and pay Laban the dowry that he would have been owed. But Laban, like the banks of this world, will deceive you. If you know the story, Laban gave Jacob Leah. He didn't give him Rachel. So then, having not read the fine print, Jacob had to work another seven years for Rachel. The moral of the story, debt may not necessarily be a sin, but it sure does, um, it sure is miserable to be indebted to the world. If at all possible, do what you can to have your economics match your salvation. Do what you can to live free. Otherwise, seven years can really feel like a long time. Uh, but pastor, what about leverage? You know, a lot of the young people in our church, uh, they're always talking to me about leverage and I'm no financial expert and I certainly haven't listened to all the non-Christian podcasts on the subject, but I am suspicious. I'll be honest with you. I'm suspicious of how much very wealthy people use debt as a tool, but I will grant that I will grant the possibility of that. I, I'm not sure, but theologically, I can say this. Theologically, I have been convinced not only by this proverb, but by this proverb embedded into my decades of biblical study that we must trust in the promises of God to prosper us. I'm not saying that those who believe in debt are believing in debt, are believing in the banks, or are believing in uh, you know, MasterCard, for an example. But I am convinced that that is a possibility, if not a probability. Hmm. Rather, I think the way forward is in patient, persevering indebtedness to the God of our new covenant. We must be faithful to his covenant, to tithe, to be generous, to be wise stewards, to work, to turn our inheritance into a profit for our children, whether it be one, five, or ten bags of gold. 
And this very well may run contrary to the heart of banking on leverage. I'm not being hard and fast here, but generally speaking, I sense something. My antenna are up. Generally speaking, I do believe the path to wealth is not through leverage we gain from being in debt to the creditors of this world. There's going to be fine print. They're going to snag you just like Laban. But in faithful, persevering, godly stewardship over the course of our life toward God. In other words, I've been convinced that the tortoise was in the covenant and that the hare was not, or at least he didn't get it. I've personally become convinced that the key to long-term wealth building is not leverage. Debt can be used as leverage to gain future wealth, or so I'm told. But ah, I believe the wiser course for long-term wealth building is not debt, but rather freedom from debt. A holistic freedom. The freedom that can truly reflect our salvation freedom in Christ who has paid off all our debts. Many mistakenly believe that salvation is a purely spiritual category, but this couldn't be further from the truth. Christ's salvation has freed us from sin, death, Satan, and perhaps not immediately, but eventually from all those who hold us in bondage. From tyrannical governments to the chase freedom card. So, if you are within the sound of my voice and want to learn from me for what it's worth, and uh, even if you want to learn from my stupid mistakes and know precisely how I'm raising my children, I'll tell you this, I'm trying to train them up in the way they should go, and the way they should go is to not indebt themselves to the world. Here it is. Say no to debt. Debt is dumb. Say yes to patient, persevering, hard work as a fully free man or woman. Amen. I'm Brandon Neely. You can connect with me on Facebook or Gmail, Brandon Neely, N-E-A-L-Y, at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day.